the streets so fancy free Nobody you meet could ever see the loneliness there Inside you Hey there, Georgie girl Why do all the boys just pass you by? Could it be you just don't try? Or is it the clothes you wear? You're always window shopping But never stopping to buy So shed those dowdy feathers and fly A little bit Hey there, Georgie girl There's another Georgie deep inside Bring out all the love you hide And oh, what a change that be
Thanks, 
Yeah, that's Van Morrison. That was uh, <laughs> coming back to you. We're uh, yeah, we're a little over time here, but I was tempted to just keep going, you know. Uh, but I, I wasn't that tempted. Um, although I'm totally like I don't have anything queued up or anything. I was trying to. I was kind of fishing through contributors because uh, I haven't put out any kind of. Uh, notice in the last few weeks um arg, arg. <laughs> anyway uh yeah this is bug out square it's um uh, something we do here every uh tuesday at six to eight um in the past um but we're do you know we're gonna do uh you know things are gonna things things will uh uh progress and uh yeah they will progress. So, um, yeah, so I'm doing the show from the from the home studio uh, these days. Uh, I miss um, I miss the corner of 21st and Florida and the beautiful mission where it's always flat and sometimes sunny. I miss the fact that I would keep the door open all the time and invite people to come in to use the washroom or uh, wash their hands and the fact that there was only running hot water. Um, there was no cold water available, only hot, uh, to wash your hands. I miss, uh, just people going by and coming in and, and contributing that way. It's kind of different now, you know, because I'm kind of sequestered here and I mean, I've got, there's a couple of people around, but I'm, you know, I don't really, I'm trying to like not, um, uh, encroach. Their spaces, uh, so just playing music, and um, but um, that was an awesome set. Uh, I hope uh, that uh, uh, you're doing acceptable. Uh, me personally, um, I, I have my health, I'm breathing, uh, food in the belly, uh, I'm able to, to work. Which is huge, man. Just the fact that I can go to work. Like work isn't a drag enough. It's just, <laughs> it's like, all right, yeah, uh, I'm going to work, but yeah, it's great. Yeah, that's work though. That's why they call it work. Um, uh, I don't know. I mean, I'm not going to get into the whole shit of things. Um, all I can say is, is, uh, uh, just try to, <laughs> try to be, to, to be decent to one another, right? Is that, that, I think that's like a, a super, um, important place to start. And then you, you, you work out from there, you know, but you start, if you can be like good to your, the person you live with, um, cause if you can't, or the person you live next to, and then it's like, you got to like, think about that. It's like, why, you know, why am I not getting, you know, so you may have to work on yourself, you know, <laughs> that's, that's what I'm saying. Um, uh, that's what I've been told anyway. <laughs> I need to work on myself. So I'm working out. Let me grab these records. All right, that was, a, that was a really good set. I just kind of uh, stretched my legs on that one. Uh, we had Neil Young in there. Um, Harvest off the title cut there off that record. Uh, the Seekers, Georgie Girl, uh, that's 
that song just cracks me up. It's just so like, um, like if you're coming from the angle of like uh, consumerism and cheese, it's like bad. It's like I don't know. Georgie had it going on before uh, uh, she was Georgie girl. Um, uh, big time was Peter Gabriel off the So record. That's a good tune. It's uh, I always liked that. That was a song that was like I heard that and I was like, you know. I bet you this Gabriel guy has got a sense of humor. Um, Brian Eno, before that, from the uh, 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 Before and After Science, we did uh, Backwater, played. Uh, Tito Puente, <laughs> this is an awesome record. This is an awesome record. We did um, uh, the big hit, you know, whatever it was, Tito Puente. I'm sorry, that is a big one, but... Uh, the writing's small, but I can't. Um, Elvis Costello we did in there. Uh, something about, um, hold on, hold on. Eh, the writing's so small. <laughs> it's off his, uh, uh, this year's model, I believe. Um, this year's model, yeah. Uh, the Association, Along Comes Mary. Uh, that's, just, uh, that's just a well rounded out tune I, as a pop song that's that's good those are things i look for uh, uh the funkadelics uh standing on the verge getting it on <laughs> it's just like an awesome go-to uh english settlement uh xtc this is just a, a brilliant record it's uh it's a double record and uh it's really uh, quite an achievement and we did uh jason and the argonauts yeah off that um, Rolling Stones, uh, No Expectations, uh, that was, uh, Brian Jones, who was a founding member, that was, like, the last tune that, that he ever, like, really did anything on, and he played slide on that, so, that was, I, that's what kind of, it raises the hairs on my neck, um, Hank Williams, Your Cheating Heart, we did, uh, I got this record, it's, like, The Golden Dream of Hank Williams, and it's a double record. Man, I think I got it for like a dollar. And it was pristine. It was awesome. That's one of my best. <laughs> that's one of my best flea market finds. Uh, Elliot Smith, we did um, uh, Clementine off his, um, oh, shoot. I think it's his first record. Uh, Chet Baker, we did in there. Uh, the Ramones. We had the Velvet Underground. Um, doing um beginning to see the light uh john lennon crippled inside the doors tell all the people and we opened up with the uh from the soundtrack of billy jack one tin soldier man that just that uh that song just says it all right um let's just just let's just try to get along man that's all i'm saying hold on let me put these down Uh, so a segment we do here is called Rise from the Basement because it's no lie. In the basement, we're miles apart. No surprise, going to rise from the basement. What it is, it's uh, home record. It's any style, any genre just has to be recorded. Where you live, where you sleep. Ah, those sort of things. Um, I, uh, I usually have something tuned, uh, uh, queued up. And I don't. I was looking for a thing, and I kind of, um, uh, I kind of uh, got, got got away from me here. But um, 
So what I'm doing is I'm just like, I'm going back. I didn't put out an, uh, uh, an article. Or what do you call it, an article? <laughs> I just put out an advert as far as what I usually do, like, uh, I don't know, maybe once a month or so. But it's been a while since I've done it. So I'm kind of going back. Um, oh, these squats, squats, and that was like trippy stuff. Ah, Ojai. All right. This is, uh, this is Ojai. He's been, he's been uh, uh, contributing for uh, a long time. He's a very spiritual dude. Uh, I love this man. He just he's he, he's uh, born and raised around here, and um, he's just got a super uh, um, chill kind of philosophy. And uh, he, he makes some really good music. This is channeling Sun Ra. It's a uh, space funk jazz, or you may say space jazz funk. I don't know. Um, let's do it. Let's just do this one. It's um, Ojai in edutainment. If you dig this, Oji edutainment. Let's see, I'm gonna turn that up. We got that. I'm touching that. The dots are going. Always a good sign. Yep, the dots. <laughs> Thank you. 
all the way to the end of truth into the world of myth. And then you got it made because you, you stepped into the realm of impossibilities. And what this man needs at this point is something impossible to have to show a better way.
All right, all right. We're kind of dropping the ball on that. I'm looking for. Uh, um, I'm looking for uh, uh, <laughs> a specific thing, and I'm, I'm hoping I could I can get to it. But uh, oh man, I don't know. Um, it's it took a while to get like a a link or or something out of this guy, <laughs> this guy but it was really uh, oh shit all right uh wait all right let's try this let's try this um i don't know sometimes think these are like one of the oh no crap and of course i don't have anything uh um queued up but we're going to uh uh um I'm going to show you. I'm going through. So I'm searching through this. So what I'm doing is, uh, 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 oh, no, don't do that. Don't do that. Don't, 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 don't. So it's doing this thing where it's like highlighting stuff, and I don't want it to. Um, oh, no. <laughs> it's great. Uh, um, yeah, this is really, this is coming some great radio um hold on a minute you know sometimes uh back in the day <laughs> when something went wrong they would uh they would like like if you're watching tv or something and uh and uh um and there would be like a technical problem. They would play uh, something. So. That's what I'm going to do.
Yeah, that's uh, uh, Mancini uh, off the uh, uh, something for cat. That was something for cat off the um, breakfast at Tiffany's. That's what that was. Um, got something cute up here. This is, uh, let me tell you all about, this is uh, Noose Ants, N-O-O-S-E-A-N-T-Z, um, created by Josh Crimson. Gibson in his home studio, uh, his first synth-pop single, Bad Weather Girl, uh, All Instruments and Vocals, by Josh Crimson Gibson. Um, I'm not going to play that one, though. I'm doing Darker Than Night, although wait, maybe, uh, you know, it's a single. Uh, no, we're doing Darker Than Night. Got that up. I, I don't know. I got a good, I, I have a feeling about Darker Than Night. Yeah. 
Okay, uh, I think I'm going to try and play one. Uh, I got my uh, $2 guitar. <laughs> it's $20. Alright, this one is about uh, surfers. Come in, take me home again. Make me feel better than them. Phone's tapped anyway. Maggie says a man is the 
Down the slope to the heart 
Square, thanks for doing what you got to do to do. Remember, uh, man, remember, you're like, you got so much shit and time on your hands, remembering everything, right? Next week, all right? But uh, if you're out there, uh, be respectful, right? That's all we can do. Um, man, I had a little kid, like, I'm on my motorbike, and he's he, he kid, kid, like three years old. He's holding his hand up to his face like, dude, get a fucking mask on. I'm like, you know, I was going to turn around and, like, school that kid, but I'm, like, riding a motorbike. I can't really, like, do it with a mask on, but I appreciated his vigor. All right, next week, be good, be um, as good as you can.
Oh yeah. <laughs> if you if you can donate some money, that's cool too, Dad. We're all we're we're broke. We're super broke. on a lark and peeing in the park. You should follow me on Twitter. It's jokes to Carl. That's the duh of Francais, not the duh of dumbass. But never mind that. Don't follow me now. Follow me later. I mean, for right now. Ah, let's watch a full-length movie on you. Welcome to L-W-A-F-L-M-O-Y-T. That stands for Let's Watch a Full-Length Movie with Mike Spiegelman on YouTube with Mike Spiegelman and Carl. Hi, Carl. Hi, Mike, L-W-A-F-L-M-O-Y-T. And I got to tell you, it's Lawathla Mott. 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 Right. I don't, I'm don't. i really bad at pronouncing, pronouncing words, so it, it's Lawathla <laughs> Yeah. Oh, Elizabeth, we are very excited. We uh, watch a full-length movie with you, uh, L-W-A-F-L-M-O-Y-T. That is our podcast name feed and our Twitter handle and our YouTube channel. And we are always heard first on MutinyRadio.fm every Sunday, 2 p.m. Pacific Standard Time. Why don't you go to Venmo, send money to at Mutiny Radio, make uh, Pam Benjamin, our station manager, happy. Uh, and us happy. That's our only advertisement. What movie are we watching today? Uh, today, we are actually watching a quality movie. It is called Death Proof 2007. It's Quentin Tarantino. So you put in Death Space ah. Proof 2007 in your YouTube search engine. We like the channel I... No, it's L-O-M-I-N-E-F-E. Lom in... Waffle Mom. <laughs> yeah. 
L-O-M-I-N-E-F-E. Click on that link, press pause, slide it back to 000, and buffer. Death proof, 2000. We have a special countdown uh, from the Countdown King himself, who is not here with us, so we have his replacement, a robot. Will you please give it up for the Paul Brumbot? Uh, yes, not a robot, a Brumbot. Another day in the hood. Here we go, folks. You know the drill. Get your finger over that little triangle, and in three, two, one, go. This, this uh, opening I, I love. Uh, fuck the Roaring Lion. This is really cool because here's a Dimension film straight out of the 90s. Yes. And Dimension used to do shitty movies in the 70s. Here we go. Best music ever. Well, Dimension Pictures was in the 70s, and Dimension Films is today. And they're not connected except for the name Dimension. Oh, really? Okay. Yeah. Well, I know that, that the Dimension of the 90s. Now, this is cool, this little cartoon. Like, so far, so good. Doesn't look like a shitty movie at all. I just wanted to dementia you... this. Yeah. Sorry, I, I have dementia. Did you uh, ever see a movie intro like this before, where a, it's different lions showing different types of movies, like you know, Panthers restricted lion? No. Uh, listen, I got to tell you, the first time I ever bumped into this movie ever was you telling me about it, but. Huh. I thought it was legit. Okay, now the original the original title comes up for two seconds. Oh, first some feet. Yeah. Fuck you, Tarantino, you foot fetish. <laughs> God damn it. They are cute, though. They look like little candies. No, Mike, don't resist. Here you go. Yeah. Thunderbolt. Right. That was the original title, and it got switched yeah. to Death Proof. But it's kind of a joke because a lot of Grindhouse films would be released under a name, they would get killed in the critics, and they'd quickly rename themselves. Now, one of, our, one of our favorite ones is the one that goes, uh, what was it, like, the, the one about the acid, like, baby, baby, bring me down. Oh, by the way, Mary um, Louise, and then Zoe. Yeah. Uh, you uh, know, anyway. Angel, angel, down we go. Yeah. Cult of the Damned. Okay, yeah. Cult of the Damned after Manson kind of kicked. Yeah. So here is a photo of feet and human feet, lady feet. So we've seen three sets of feet so far. And right. this movie can't wait to smoke pot. <laughs> so God bless. Pot will be all so over. Think... Mm. Yeah. And this is Sally Mankey's last film, I think. She she died. She was a um, Tarantino's editor for the first couple of films. And she really made Kill Bill, like, uh, you know, uh. bearable. Because she had a real pacing. She fell asleep in her car. Uh, she would used to walk up in the hills, and she fell asleep in her car and got heated up and died of heat or something. Something really tragic like that. Um, I, it was kind of sad because I think she's good. So you'll notice his other films, like Glorious Bastards, that's the first without her as an editor. Oh, look at this. Uh, the, even the fucking silver, the four sets of feet, right? The other poster has feet on it. Yeah. Yeah, this is uh, this is a Tarantino film, and that means feet. And who we're seeing up in the part? Okay, that is Cheryl Ladd's daughter right there, the daughter of Cheryl oh, Ladd. No Look who's got a pee. <laughs> <laughs> Me. Hard oh, wait, is she wearing flip flops? So that. Did you see? Ah, it? I figured it'd be. Yeah. Hey, look, that's uh six pairs of feet we've seen if we include two movie posters. 
This is Austin, Texas. Oh, well, it told you itself. Okay, that's the daughter of Sidney Poitier, and that's the daughter of Cheryl Lamb. Sidney Poitier's daughter is named Sidney Poitier, right? Sidney. 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 Okay, all right. Did you do that to your poor children? (laughs) They're all like variations of Carl. (laughs) No. Yeah, right. My, my, My wife would not permit that. I did want to name my kid Carl. Carl Jr.? I, Carl Jr., luckily I didn't. Luckily she <laughs> had good sense. Yeah. Yeah, because we're jack-in-the-box people here. Uh, so here we go. We kick it off, and now this is fantastic. This is what women sound like, is my complaint. This movie, uh, I saw it in the theater, Carl. I, I don't know if you've ever seen it. You didn't, and uh, she, she's drinking something called the Kunda Brothers, and that is a reference to the original theatrical release. Uh-huh. This, of course, was a notorious release called Grindhouse, yeah. where Clint Tarantino and director Robert Regas has two full-length movies back-to-back, like as right. if it was a 1977 feature at a Grindhouse. And in between the movies, they had an ad for Acuna Brothers uh, food and taqueria. And, that's, and then the, this movie kicks off, and they're eating – they're using the props. They're drinking yeah. from the drink. Yeah. Right there. Boys, I guess. Acuna Boys. And so you can go to YouTube. Uh, talk about red apple cigarettes. There's lots of Tarantino yeah, stuff cool. in here. Yeah, but their reference—they make a lot of references to to the first movie and to the trailers. So the fact that they had an advertisement for this food, and then you watch this beginning of the second movie, and there they are eating the food is kind of cool. Yeah. And fucking billboards. There's so many billboards in this goddamn oh, feet. Seven feet. <laughs> Seven shots of feet. I'm gonna feet count. No, but the thing is, Sydney is on the billboard, and that's the big deal. Every time they pass the billboard, they're cheering because she's right. Her name is. So she's a radio DJ named uh, Jungle Julia. Is that racist? Um. Yes. I guess. Yes, it is. If you call an African American anything with jungle, that is calling back to an ignorant time in which Africans were from Africa, you know? So, yeah, that's racism. Okay, yeah, I just just wanted to agree. So, but that's her character's name, and these billboards say it. There's a lot of billboards in this movie, especially in the extended cut. They had a, uh, a movie poster, a billboard called Potheads, which, you know, what's the rush? We still have an hour before we get to that scene. <laughs> we'll see Potheads. We'll see that in this film. Yeah. The theatrical release for both of them uh, had edits in it. Like, you can see the scratchy film right now. Like, you know, it's, it's paying homage to going to the theater. And in fact, when I saw this in the Metreon, it started off with Robert Rodriguez's film Project Terror. And right. it was scratchy and it was cut, and I heard a baby crying. And I thought, this is like a real, true grindhouse experience. Why is if a woman brought a baby, a real baby, to the theater? So there was an actual baby there. Well, heads were getting exploded. That baby cried throughout the film. Dumb. Now, when I this film was on purpose damaged, like the scratches were not like computer generated scratches. They were actual, you know, Quentin Tarantino oh. or whomever took a paper clip and scratched. See, Grindhouse wow. would go from theater to theater to theater to theater, literally tour the country, and they would get in pretty beat up shape. And that's what he was trying to do. 
They make a lot of acknowledgments. Like one of the things is that if some woman takes her top off, the projectionist will cut that scene out. And they do some jokes like that. I think in the first movie where a woman takes her clothes off and the scene gets cut or like it's super faded, you know, because, uh, but yeah, like if you were a projectionist who likes to relieve himself at home, you could cut those scenes out and make your own projector reel, (laughs) like a sizzle reel. (laughs) (laughs) Never even thought that. So this movie is like a dream for me because it's, if you've seen the movie, which chances are you have, it's basically the same story told twice. And that, to me, feels like a dream, especially like how the first story, the first one never ends, you know, yeah. and then ends in the way it does. The, the Grindhouse movie will show you a trailer, a fake trailer to a fake movie that will never come out. And you go, well, how is this grounded? I mean, talk about a dream. You're seeing a trailer to a movie that doesn't exist. Right. As a, You know, so. But also, uh, the first fake trailer was for Machete, and uh, he actually, Robert Rodriguez actually made the movie and made a sequel, and they promised the third one, Machete Kills Again in Space. So, uh, so yeah, it's one, one of the trailers that's going to be a trailer, and then he decided, you know what, I'm making it? Yeah. And then at the end, he teases a sequel and then a third movie, and the second movie sets it up, another kind of dreamlike film. Because it just goes, and then it ends with him going off in space, fighting Mel Gibson wearing a mask. Oh, there's another trail. Oh, woo! Yeah, just the cut. Okay, there's Kurt Russell following behind them. Now, I don't know enough about cars to let you know which one it is, but his cars are a, a 70 Nova, Chevy Nova, and a 69 uh, Challenger. Uh. Now, we keep seeing her... Uh, by the way, she's straight out of Brooklyn, and you can tell from her accent. Her name is Vanessa Ferlito, and we would know her from CSI New York, the television show. Like currently, like in the last uh, eight years? No, it was 2004. You know, there's all these CSI shows, and I guess that was her claim to fame. She's done this movie, a bunch of 2007 movies, and then that CSI series. Now, what's interesting to me is her first son was born September 21, 2007, so she is not a mother, as we're watching her here. She's about to get pregnant by her husband. And we know wow, it, she it. doesn't. <laughs> <laughs> I never... You know what? This is a fresh take on this Quentin Tarantino classic. Now I know. I can review this movie knowing... Uh, that changes the whole movie. Yeah. Yeah, because he's boozing. We, now, they're giving a really long boring you know, setup. No. Now, first off, this is Austin, Texas, where and we saw that movie house, the the play, whatever it's called. You know, the Alamo Playhouse or whatever it's right. called? Draft House. And, of course, Tarantino, during the 90s and, and the aughts, would show movies there. And he, so near the that movie theater in this film is a bar where Tarantino's the bartender, and look at the fucking design. It's all Italian movie posters. Yep. And there's not real something life. like that with a magazine rack, too. It's like all Quentin Tarantino uh, kind of things. Now, I want you to know that DJ uh, Jungle Julia here is telling that she described um, Vanessa. Her name's Arlene in the film. She described right. Vanessa to her audience and said if somebody comes up to her and says this poem, then she has to give him a laugh dance. 
the first guy to do it, she has to give him a lap dance. So that's what we're learning. So her friend, and she's pretending to be a guy. So this is the first time one of these women speaks like a guy. In the she screen. is I'm pretending joking. to be a guy. Yeah. <laughs> so it's a guy writing a screenplay about a woman pretending to be a guy. Who sounds like a guy pretending to be a guy. Now, I saw um, him on Conan doing an interview about this movie. And Tarantino was bragging about how well he does uh, female dialogue. Because... He hangs out with the guys, he's talking guys, but sometimes he hangs out with like three or four girls, and if it goes on for hours, they kind of forget that he's there, you know? But I gotta tell you, I'm listening to this dialogue, and there's lots of sex, and motherfucker, and shut up, and I don't know, it just sort of seems like it's is through a male perspective, you know? And, um... Yeah. But that's, I mean, that's part of the fun, I guess, because it's a play on these 70s exploitation films, which were completely like that. Yeah. And don't forget, this is, yeah, and also, it's such an indulgence, and they were able to get it done because the Weinstein Company produced it. So, you know, I don't hear him ever, you know, he'll say things about Harvey Weinstein, but Harvey Weinstein allowed him to do this, you know. Well, you know, Harvey Weinstein was a part of Hollywood, and he, okay, the thing is, he was inappropriate, he was akin to a rapist, and he's getting what he deserves and everything, but the thing is, regardless of, I mean, he was Hollywood, he was how you got it done, nobody was thinking that uh, I don't know what to, what I'm saying. I'm saying, like, you see a Woody this? Allen film, and you know what he did with Sun Lee, and you're like, blech. But if you see a Harvey Weinstein film, you're really just seeing Hollywood. Like, it isn't, like, rejected because it's him. Well, so part of it is that the lure, the, the big beacon for him, is that he has these A-list movies, these classic films from people like Quentin Tarantino. So I feel like Tarantino has always been a bit, like, He's, you know, you say, well, hey, what do you say about Hutton Clifford? He makes these great movies like Tarantino. And so he needed Tarantino to kind of hide behind him, you know. And the same with the other uh, big stars he had, you know. This film, like, uh, I don't know. There's Rose McGowan in this movie, and she is a callback from the first film because she's yeah. the star. Uh, and she's great in, in Planet Terror. Uh, and then she shows up here as the victim. So she goes from hero. Like, if you do watch the original... No, but she's she's the first victim. Like she kind of kicks it off, and then but you had just watched a uh, ninety-minute movie where she's shooting people with a machine gun attached to her, her, to her like, leg. You know, like of all weirdness. Yeah. Well, it's you know that's another thing that I, I had a beef with this movie, and I liked what Tarant, uh, Rodriguez did was that they're making fun of they're they're calling back to this early seventies and and these gruesome movies they would show. And part of the reason why Times Square was showing these movies is kind of a reaction to the Vietnam War, right? I don't know if you ever feel that way, but, like, the grimy 70s movies is kind of a reaction to people fighting and all that shit. Well, and it was the when time. This came out, well, this movie came out in 07, so there was war still going on. There was the Afghanistan War, the Iraq War. And I was when I see the trailer and I see someone with an amputee who immediately puts a machine gun on and is able to pirouette and shoot people... I go, don't you at least acknowledge what's happening right now? You know, uh, more yeah. leg shots. And Rodriguez in the beginning brings up the Iraq War. So it is part of, of the, 
the funk, you know. So he does acknowledge war in it. And I, I thought, like, that at least grounds what the horror is reflecting. That makes sense. Sorry, man, I have a lot to say about this film. Okay, see this jukebox behind her? That yeah. is Quentin Tarantino's uh-huh. personal jukebox. It's named Ace, believe it or not. Oh, yeah, cool. Unplug it. So Does it have a test read? <laughs> no, it's an old-timey one, and all of the records in there are his, and all of the labels are his handwriting. It's really all... It's Quentin Tarrant. The, the, the credits say special thanks to the jukebox uh, Amy, and it's the same one was in the opening scene of Natural Born Killers in a diner. Oh, very cool. I, I remember that. She dances to uh, L7. How sexy am I now? <laughs> <laughs> well, this is his bar. He's even the bartender here. Yeah. And he's got a couple of his buddies. Uh, Missy Eli Roth. Okay. So I love – this is one of my favorite things in uh, uh, Weinstein. She's texting a producer, right? Like her uh, boyfriend's going to come, but he never well, does. his name is Christopher, and she invites him out, and she's like, I miss you, and I love you, or whatever she's texting. And she's a hard person. She's a bitch, shut up, bitch. You know, she's a hard ass. And th- her texts are very soft. And then when he doesn't come, she gets mad and texts that he's an asshole. Right. This is what I mean, like by like a dream, dream logic to this film. Like, doesn't that feel like a dream you would have, where you just you have this important call while you're out with your friends, and it just goes from call to text to you getting mauled by a car? Here's Eli Roth. <laughs> there is stuff in films in which it's like, oh, I've got to do that thing, and you're off to do it, and you never get there because you're yeah. distracted. Yeah. Yeah. Now that's. But she uh... does type. Go ahead. Go ahead. Uh, so I'll, I'll say when she when she types it, she's gonna text to me too. Hurry! That's that old school texting. We have to press a number three times to get the letter R. Now, in two thousand seven, smartphones were just coming. The iPhone one was coming. It wasn't even out. So this isn't really so. Retro. It's kind of Hollywood anyway. Potentially, you know, like you never have phones that would have this kind of screen. Sending. Send. No, that's legit. I remember those, that interface and. That's like a movie with a typewriter where they type faster than the sound, faster than they're typing. I don't know. I don't buy it. So, well, also, do you remember it was like, um, number one was ABC and number two was, you can see when she texts that it, it does scroll through the letters, and she chooses her letter. Right. I should mention that she t- uh, texted the word "me too" in a Harvey uh, in the Weinstein Company movie. <laughs> <laughs> that was what I was to, If I could say anything about this two-hour movie, these are real-life okay. uh, roller derby girls who are part of the Austin scene. Isn't everyone part of the Austin scene, a roller, roller derby girl? Uh, there it is, Weasley guy. Roller I'm from Hollywood. Hey, I got my rules in my bar. Yeah, there we go. Should we, should we listen to him? Oh, go ahead. All we're hearing is drinking. Right. Woo! 
He's quoting his own movie. Oh, he loves himself. He's his own world. It's it's like uh, yeah. So he has his rule. <laughs> yeah, he loves himself. He this yes. is his own bar. It's his own. He's made his own universe. He has the power to do so and has done so, and he just eats himself. Even you told me he was retired and we were seeing his last movie, and I was like, <laughs> no way. And then. He was, uh, he's doing some TV thing. Yeah, well, like, he, he said, I'm going to make ten movies, and I think that's what a director should do. Speaking of a director, here's Eli Roth, acting. He's a better actor than Tarantino. So he says, I'm going to make ten films and retire. I don't want to be, like, I don't know, like in Billy Wilder, make, keep making old movies. Uh, and Hateful Eight is officially the eighth movie, and uh, Once Upon a Time is the ninth movie. So technically right. the next film will be his last. Oh, yeah, totally there weird. is one more. Mean... Yeah, one more is coming. Don't oh, worry, he'll do something on that. But... I think he should make ten films, and then yeah. he should completely do a departure. A total, like, reinvent himself with a different genre, a different entire, like, huh. filmmaking style and methodology. Reinvent himself. Then he could still be creative. Yeah, like make a romance. She's noticed the car that she saw, like watching them before. I love her accent. Why don't you put it on for a second? Okay. Like, to the rest of the world, she sounds real Brooklyn, but to me, she just sort of sounds like a local girl. Yeah, right. <laughs> this is Jersey, you know, you yeah. guys. and <laughs> Well, it puts the hair and the, the shirt with the, the vintage shirt, I guess. He's talking her into going to make out in the car. Yeah, which is funny because this is like the way the, these movies go and, you know, they, you know. So, guy. you know he that this Jungle Julia, apparently there were three films in which there was the appearance of Jungle Julia. And the, the first time was when you and I saw My Best Friend's Birthday. Right. Oh, he meant the Jungle Julia, right. She was a DJ. Well, he gets a phone call and, like, I don't do requests. And the, the person is like – um. It wasn't Jungle Julia, though. It was, uh, where is it? Uh, Unruly Julie is what the DJ's name was. And he was like, well, Unruly Julie can do whatever she wants in her show. If you want to hear more about Quentin first yet unfinished movie, uh, you could, we, we did it in front of a live audience. We, we risked that one. So, uh, check out one of our earlier films. Uh, check out Let's Watch Full Length Movie on YouTube.blogspot.com. Uh, once I update it to this year, man, it's going to be good. <laughs> I think I did it on. I better check that before I open oh, you, my mouth. Yeah. Well, you know what? Go to our YouTube channel. It's a good excuse anyway, as any and see if uh, it's posted. I think it was. I think both the hours were, were accounted for. Yeah. For that live show. Let's take a look. Okay, yeah. yeah. It only had 31, 38 views. It was one month ago. Quentin Tarantino's ah. best friend's 
birthday. 37 views. Okay. How many views are for uh, They're Playing With Fire with uh, a screen grab? Uh, Playing With Fire. Um, Let me check it out. I'll go to videos. I'm just going to say, like, Eli Ross, the director who acts in his film, and I think he acts he's a little better actor than Clint Tarantino. He shows up in Inglorious uh, Bastards as the Bear Jew. Uh, 6.7,000, Mike. Oh, my God. Just because of that screen grab. Mm -hmm. She's in this very alluring uh, bathing suit. But not really. Mm -hmm. Not really. You you don't even see her bust. Um, huh. Most of these are make sense because it's all about sex, but some of them are inexplicable. Yeah. And we just saw, um, uh, well, we've seen, well, there's, Oh, man. So, what do you think about Kurt? Do you think Kurt, how much face uh, plastic surgery do you think Kurt Russell has? None. Did he have plastic surgery? I don't know, but look at—I mean, he's a freak. He's got this giant forehead, like uh, forehead Maybe has, he has, a has work done. But I just—I just think he looks older. Um, yeah. So Quentin Tarantino, you know, I—I I read interviews, I watched interviews about this film, and like. He likes Snake Plissken, you know? He likes badass. Um, uh, you know, he, how can I put this? Like, he would go and watch... Uh, let's see. I've got some written down here. Well, well he, I'll uh, back to it, he but he like missed the, the badass. Movie, yeah. What's that? Well, I mean, if you have Disney Plus, he's uh, the adorable secret computer that works tennis shoes. But he was in a bunch of John Carpenter films, you know, Snake Plissken and uh, uh, The Thing, where he was just badass, you know, throughout the 80s. Uh, uh, yeah, oh, sorry, I got dizzy just thinking about that. And, you know, if you're see, uh, uh, shit, the his, his Hateful Eight, as I mentioned. Uh, Kurt Russell re returns, and yes. uh, there's a lot of John Carpenter like plot twists, and they used a lot of music from uh, Sergio, uh, Sergio, not Sergio Leone. Uh, they used a lot of uh, uh, movie uh, soundtrack from previous John Carpenter movies. So he loves John Carpenter. Yeah. So he goes, hey, that's the woman from the first movie. When I saw this film, people were walking out. Like, I saw the theatrical release, really? like, by hour two and a half, people were done. You know, they just well, got up and left. Very little slasher stuff compared to the talking. You basically are a, a fly on the wall for girls' conversations throughout a m much of it. Yeah. Here it is. Uh, Quentin Tarantino says, I would open the newspaper and see an ad that says, Kurt Russell and Dreamer, or Kurt Russell and Miracle. And I'm not disparaging this movies, but I'm thinking, when is Kurt Russell going to be a badass again? Oh, right. Well, he's not a badass in this movie. He's a badass in the first half of the movie, and then he's a fucking cartoon character for the second half. Uh, now, look, he was not the first choice. He wasn't the first choice. This list is crazy. I kept 
Well, I kept telling Quinn, I don't want the role. And he kept calling me. And then I had talked to Samuel Jackson. And they're calling on behalf of a friend. I said, is it Quinn? And Jackson's like, I can't say. It just was like a nightmare, you know? You wouldn't. You know what it's like to get called from Tim Roth? Like, Tim Roth, why are you calling me? Oh, no reason. Hey, what you doing? You should do Quinn's new film. Like, I know, you know. He put you up to it. Okay, so Tarantino attempted to cast John Travolta. William Defoe, John Malkovich, Mickey Rourke, Mickey Rourke, Mike Spiegelman, Bruce Willis, and Sylvester Stallone. Wow, Sylvester Stallone turned down Tarantino? They were all unavailable due to prior commitments, and he settled for Kurt Russell. Well, I mean, Kurt Russell is his current muse. He's a narrator in Once Upon a Time in Hollywood, mm-hmm. as well as has a, a role in it. I, w- I could definitely see some of these names. I could definitely see John Malkovich being a creep. I could uh, let's see... show you Malkovich's impression. C- couldn't you see, um, like, Mickey Rourke would have been really creepy in this. Yeah, I'm surprised he turned it down. Maybe his his cute little dog passed away at that point. And he wasn't. Now I gotta tell you, like <laughs> the the theatrical release, they intentionally cut out scenes, and then when the the movies were released separately as as uh, Weinstein yeah. Company DVD, with full length movie with additional material added. So the last dance and the whole fucking Italian Vogue scenes are not in the theatrical release. Like I. Oh. I went to Best Buy, full disclosure, I lived next door to Best Buy at the time, and I would go on Tuesdays and Wednesdays, and I bought Planet, uh, Planet uh, Horror, or whatever the one is, Terror, I still have it, and I bought uh, this one the day of, and I you know, watched those movies, and with the added scenes, I'm like, this is 